This is the Teaching and Learning Podcast from the Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation at Lethbridge College in Southern Alberta, Canada. Located on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy, it is the intent of our college community to honour the land from a place of connection and provide an avenue for us all to come together in a holistic way to share stories and learn from each other. Tune in, hit play, and get inspired as guests share their stories and ideas on the dynamic, ever-changing landscape of education, teaching, and learning. I am Donna McLaughlin, a learning experience designer in the Centre for Teaching, Learning, and Innovation at Lethbridge College, and I am the host of the Teaching and Learning Podcast. Welcome to Episode 11 of the Learning Innovation Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Chris Hodgson-Bright, a media instructor for multimedia production and digital communications at Lethbridge College, Eric Reger and Spencer Nelson, who are contract media specialists at CTLI. We're going to talk about multimedia production internships, the importance of workplace integrated learning, the game-changing potential of virtual and augmented reality, and an exciting VR project that Eric and Spencer recently had the opportunity to help develop as part of their internships here at the Center for Teaching, Learning and Innovation at Lethbridge College. So it's great to have a chance to talk to all of you today. This is another first for our podcast. It's the first time that we've had three guests with us at one time, and we're very excited to have you here to talk to us today about the internships and workplace integrated learning and VR. Um, So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. So what we'll do is we'll start at the beginning and I'd like to find out a little bit more about each one of you and um, how you came to be working or learning at the college. So maybe Chris, we'll start with you. Sure, so uh, my my path to Lethbridge College is is pretty pretty entertaining. Uh, I did my undergrad in communications and I started working for weekly newspapers even while I was doing my undergrad. Uh, And then so I worked in uh, Parksville, on Vancouver Island and Qualcomm Beach. And then I moved over to Westlock, worked in Athabasca, Beaumont and Devon, worked for all those different community newspapers and then switched gears and started working in economic development. So essentially marketing for a community to try and encourage businesses to relocate there or to help the existing businesses. Um, And out of that, uh, some of that work brought me to economic development Lethbridge here in Southern Alberta, uh, where I really got to dive into my passion of renewable energy. And so there was a big push with uh, trying to encourage renewable energy development here in the South. There's a lot of wind energy that's going on, but also there's expansion of solar and geothermal. So there was a great opportunity to to work uh, with some local businesses to really get the momentum going. And out of that work, it was, it was really cool that a, a job came up at Lethbridge College where it was all about renewable energy development. And from the college's perspective of how uh, we could educate kids in like K to 12, all about the benefits of renewable energy and kind of the energy mix and how we can diversify the province. And so I began working with uh, what was then called the International Wind Energy Academy as kind of like a spinoff of the wind turbine technician program. And so that was very cool. And then a, a job came up for a posting for teaching in the digital communications and media program, which was communication arts at the time. And I was very fortunate that uh, Darcy Kavanaugh 
had just retired after 27 years of instructing in the program. And uh, I was really excited to take that leap and, and become an instructor. And, and it turned out. So it's been a lot of fun in the last nine years teaching in this program, not only in, in digital communication media, but also in the multimedia program. And just to see the potential where all these programs can kind of evolve to in their next stage. So that's kind of how I've ended up here. Well, thank you very much. And it sounds like you've brought a lot of varied experience with you to your role. Yeah, it's it's been kind of fun. You think of the family circus about the kid who's like running around the backyard trying to like find the lost toys. That's kind of like how my career path has gone. Okay. And Spencer, what about for you? Well, I've had an interest in computers and graphic design as long as I can remember, basically. Uh, in elementary school, we had this this program on our computers called KidPix, which was essentially Microsoft Paint jazzed up for kids. Uh, it had like sound effects, fancy colors, everything to catch eyes. So I really, I, I got a focus in on that. And then uh, as soon as I hit middle school and got my hands on Photoshop, I couldn't really put it down for a few years. Uh, and then in grade 11, my uh, multimedia instructor actually recommended me to check out the Skills Canada regional competition, which I got around 24 hours of notice of before the competition was actually supposed to be held. Gladly came out uh, gold medal in that, and then the following year did it again, gold medal again, and got recommended to uh, head into the multimedia program by a designer named Marina Bose. So here I found a lot of success. Um, I'm graduating soon, uh, and I heard about the opportunity to intern at the CTLI through Eric. Uh, very glad I listened. My first choice was a local skate shop, and I feel like I probably wouldn't have gotten the same experience had I ended up there. It sounds like this was really meant to be for you, this career direction. Yeah, I had, I had no plan uh, throughout most of high school, and then suddenly I realized, like, hey, there's something I've been interested in my entire life. Maybe I should pursue it. And yeah, thankfully it's, it's turning out well. Great. Thank you. And Eric, how about you? Yeah, I, so I'm 20 years old. I've, I've been living in Lethbridge since I was three. I've actually moved here from Germany. Um, and, you know, I'm a contract media specialist right now, but I'm also a student. So I'm balancing that and, and I am finding a lot of success because currently in my multimedia production diploma. I'm maintaining a 4.0 GPA, which I'm really excited about. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and how I kind of got here is a small story. It's kind of like, I really wanted to go to college. I just wanted to get out of the house. And uh, I applied for culinary school here or culinary classes, I suppose, at the college. And then I thought about it and I'm like, you know, I actually can't cook and I don't want to learn how to cook. And um, so then the next best thing was multimedia. So here we are. Wonderful. That's a very interesting story with how you ended up in this program rather than another. Um, so Chris, one of the main things that we want to hear about today is the internships or, or will the work integrated learning. Can you tell us a little bit about the opportunity in multimedia production? Sure. So um, what happens with this course is that uh, at the beginning of the semester, which is January this year, uh, students were asking me what opportunities there were to be involved in the work integrated learning. And so I had a bunch of ideas from previous instructors from previous years who had some ideas, 
but then the students also started expressing interest in what they're interested in. So I started looking for some of their dream practicum opportunities and I connected with a bunch of different industry partners and saw what was available. And, and then I got back to the students and said, okay, this is kind of the landscape. Which ones are you interested in? Let me know. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun because uh, like I remember Eric, for example, he was like, here are all my dream companies I'd love to work with. And I, I reached out to all of them and then like radio static or it was like it was a bad year because of the pandemic so we're like all right let's see what we can come up with and so a lot of other great opportunities came up including the one at ctli and uh it was so great to see that there was a such a nice fit for both eric and spencer at lethbridge college um and, and it sounds like it's been a, a great opportunity for the two of them okay and why is work integrated learning so important for students uh, i think it's the most incredible thing that's part of our diploma program at Lethbridge College. I know a lot of different programs do have the internship as part of their two-year program. Um, I think it's it's really valuable because just from my own experience, like when I did my undergrad, I know there was different universities that had internships available, but for me personally, it was you do your four year of your degree and then you're done and that's it. But I think it's a really nice transition because it kind of builds up on the opportunities that you've learned within your two years, all the practicum and hands-on opportunities, and then you actually put that to work. And you put that to work with an organization and you put in the 120 hours. And at the end of that, if it's a really nice fit, sometimes it's a bonus and the students get hired. And in this case, it was, it was amazing that it worked out exactly that way for Spencer and Eric. So not only is it a really good kind of transition point between what they've been learning in class and the work world, but hopefully it leads to a job. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the greatest thing. They, they, they learn if it's a good fit, if they're like, okay, yeah, I, I'm really passionate about this line of work, but what does an actual nine to five day look like? And what does a typical week look like? And will I be a good fit in that environment? Or maybe after checking it out for 120 hours, they wanna go in a totally different direction. And that's the greatest thing is that there's no strings attached. Um, they, they do the 120 hours and they get their grade for that course, but then it's totally up to them of where they want to go from there. So uh, I think, again, it's, it really sets them up for professional communication, how to speak with an employer and how to uh, interact based on projects that need to be completed. And I think uh, what I've noticed in the last few months with the students is that it builds their confidence level like exponentially. So it sounds like it even goes beyond those skills learned in the classroom. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's really neat how it, it brings up all these different elements of who they are as an individual. And then it it highlights that as part of the, the practicum experience. Eric and Spencer, I'd like to hear from you guys what your perspective has been. Um, I know you're friends outside of this, and then you both ended up... Um, in the practicum placement at CTLI. So maybe I'll have you talk a little bit about um, your, your um, role in CTLI and maybe also that connection that, that you were friends outside before you came into this practicum. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty, pretty crazy to have the chance to work together. Like it was not something that we've, we've kind of like toyed with the idea before and, um, being like, oh, we could start a business together and all this stuff. But I think I think the the coolest part is that this is a real place that actually pays us real money. And and the fact that we're 
we're here together is is pretty awesome and um honestly just like the the importance of of this class to us and like how how we were able to just like hunt it was like a job hunt without the stress kind of and and um yeah i can let spencer talk on a little bit about a relationship there but because that's also a bit of a funny story as well so so um me and eric we we've known each other for a lot of years we've gone uh to the same like uh middle school starting in grade six and we we didn't uh, speak at all in uh, the range of grade six to graduation. And then around a month or two before classes began, Eric sent me a message like, hey, um, we're going to have these classes together. Um, maybe it would be worth it for us to kind of talk to each other, start a relationship and like work on things together. And uh, we eventually uh, moved more and more like into this and uh, with the introduction of like COVID and online classes and stuff, we were able to kind of start a online friendship, I guess, despite being in the same city. And it allows us to kind of collaborate very well on projects because we can, it's like we share a workstation in a way, uh, but we, we don't. Uh, we can talk to each other the entire time, but we have full control of our like workstations, what we're working on. And it, it's very easy for us to like give each other opinions and like, find joint success in this. So that collaboration between the two of you, has that helped your learning? Yeah, 100%. If like one of us doesn't understand a topic in class, um, it it allows us to kind of like nudge the other and be like, hey, um, could you maybe like word this a little differently than how it was first presented? Or can you like give me um, a different way of approaching this? And I'll ask you both to talk about your roles in CTLI. You started off in CTLI as students. This was part of your uh, work integrated learning project. Um, and then it has wonderfully developed into contract positions, which is fantastic. So um, Eric, maybe I'll come back over to you and let you talk a little bit about um, both your role in CTLI as a student and then um, how that's changed. For sure. So uh, at the CTLI, I am a media, I'm a media specialist. So what I do is I create any media items that are requested by uh, course developers, and I work closely with other media specialists on a big team to kind of just grow grow the course together and um, make sure that everything is looking spiffy and the students feel like it's engaging. Um, the difference between when I was a student to now that I'm being paid is I feel like there's a lot more pressure maybe um, when I get to work, I need to buckle down and, and every minute needs to be worth it. And when I, when I was a student, I'm not saying I, I slacked off, but maybe there was the occasional time where I, where I considered some extra brainstorming or, or thinking about things for a bit longer. But now with that, um, that responsibility, almost, I, I feel a lot of, uh, feel a lot of good pressure to, to get my work done. And yeah. Eric, has this opportunity given you a little bit of a, a peek behind the scenes at things that maybe you didn't realize went on in the creation of courses at a college? Oh, absolutely. Like, I think it's, I think it's such a neat experience to be, to, like you said, behind, behind the scenes um, to see how the students that come through the college actually grow and, and how my like little little addition of like a graphic or um, a little video edit like that plays a big role in someone's engagement and and 
because I know from logging onto Canvas and looking at a blank screen, um, I know what it, how important it is for me to create media that's engaging and and exciting for a student because that's that's the next generation. And I'm I'm honestly I'm part of the generation that I'm that I'm helping to graduate. And I think that's just a funny funny kind of concept there. How I'm how I'm part of both. Yeah, you both are in a unique position because you you've still kind of got a foot in both worlds. So you have a perspective that maybe a lot of the rest of us don't. So Spencer, um, let's have you talk about your experience at CTLI. Um, well, it's been more or less similar to uh, Eric's. We have similar projects and similar uh, methods of operating. Uh, we both uh, have course developments. We both, whenever the college needs anything that's like seen by somebody, it kind of goes to a member of our team and we make sure everything's all pretty and good. And just like how Eric said earlier, it's it's really cool to kind of like leave our mark on the courses and like kind of give a hand of knowledge to whoever's coming next. So, for example, I've never had an interest in like criminal justice or law, but I'm working on like creating graphics and interactive elements for a law based course. And it's I, I never would have known that there's specific laws for like stealing candy, for example, it's. Uh, it's it's very interesting to see every like not just from an academic standpoint but from a make it academic and interesting kind of draw more attention to it so uh, maybe uh, Chris just hearing the responses from Eric and Spencer can you talk a little bit more about how that has fit uh, with their program what happens in the multimedia program is there's every semester they get a chance to dive into many different aspects of um, multimedia. So there's like audio, there's video, there's graphic design, uh, animation, all these different elements come into play. And so what's really neat is that depending on who they have their internship with, uh, they find out what areas they are really good at and what ones they might need to work on a little bit more. And so it's again, trying to test out their skill set and find out what they're actually really passionate about as well as what they're really good at and so they can kind of steer their career in that direction and even have that initial knowledge from the 120 hours they have to do as part of their diploma and then guide it based on that so uh, there's a lot of uh, flexibility and freedom and conversations that happen with whoever their host is and, and that's really great too because they get to see where their their expertise lies so Eric and Spencer, can you talk about the value of the work integrated learning for you? Uh, and what did it feel like to, you know, to move from that student into that work environment and gain that experience? What was the value of that? And maybe Spencer, we'll start with you this time. So uh, going through the program, you, you have two years of your motivation is effectively grades and like having the number stay up at the top, but moving to the workplace, it's more like um, there are people relying on the work that you're doing. It's not it's not just you. It's an entire team of people and being able to kind of get a foot in in that experience and like understand, OK, this is what it's like to work, actually work in a creative environment instead of work in a creative environment with air quotes. Yeah, just having a little, I guess, higher stakes to your work kind of, it helps show the gravity of what you're doing in a way. Yeah. So going beyond, you know, your own marks to being part of a, a larger team. 
yeah a large team making sure that like the entire not just like your little piece and little piece in schoolwork being the assignment not just the assignment goes well but absolute like everything that comes together to make something it's very interesting yeah and eric for you what was the value of the work integrated learning yeah honestly i it's hard to put a hard to put a value on it because um because it, it was it's almost like invaluable like it's it's not it, you can't get anything quite like it because what situation are you going to be in where you um get the chance to I think I mentioned earlier, it's like a job search without stress. Like what, what opportunity do you have in life that that happens? And, and honestly, it's a, it's a big, big thank you to Chris for, for kind of like guiding us in that. And um, it's like, he would, he would, he wrote all those emails and I promise you, I sent him a whole good list of people that I, I pretty much knew they weren't going to reply to me, but I think, I think having, having that, like, I guess a mentor in a way and someone who is going to write the email with their email signature and they're going to be like yeah i have the credentials you should trust this student and i think that was one of the biggest pieces for me was like um i don't think i would have got this job and this opportunity had it not been for the class and for chris in general just it was it was pretty awesome that way so um honestly yeah, they're, they're, it's hard to put a price on, hard to put a value on that because it was it was truly great. Chris, you've talked about many of the benefits of work integrated learning. What are some of the challenges from your perspective um, with work integrated learning? Sure. Yeah, there there are definitely some challenges. And what's unique about the multimedia production program is that their practicum opportunity starts in January. And so the students are also doing between four to five other courses at the same time. And there is three hours allotted to this practicum every week. So even if the students allocated three hours a week to this practicum starting in January, by the end of the semester, they might only be at a hundred or like 56 hours. So um, they really have to set time aside every single week in order to make this happen. And it's been really interesting to see uh, all the different students in the class and how they have approached this. There are the students who like, they jump on it early and they want to do it and they're excited and they're pumped and like, we're off to the races, let's go. Uh, and then there's other students who, of course, it's their last semester of their diploma. So they're going to have a lot of extra stress and challenges in those other courses because they are, uh, there's a lot of courses that are allocated to like showcase pieces or like, the, their passion projects where they are they're contributing several hours into those and and so on top of that you throw the practicum into the mix and some people are like whoa let's start in April this is way too much for me right now I'm barely getting by let's not try and do something that's just gonna make me more stressed or more taxed and especially in the light of the pandemic in the last year uh, there's been a big challenge with students just trying to make it through their existing courses as it is. And so to try and throw this into the mix during the semester, sometimes that's a massive challenge. And so it's really been nice. We have a great platform where we talk about challenges every single week with the students. We, we use Discord and we communicate through there openly with the students. And I think that's one of the greatest things that has had a lot of success this semester as students have been meeting with me, they have to meet at 40 hours and 80 hours, 
and then they have to put together a report or another presentation back to me at 120 hours, those check stops have been great milestones where the students have been congratulating each other and showcasing their work in that Discord platform to one another to really celebrate one another's strengths and all the great projects and aspects of what they're working on. And it has been really encouraging just to see how this class has come together. And I'm not sure if they've had other semesters where they've really bonded like this, but this is again, where it really matters. And again, if they do a really good job in this internship, it'll be a really nice transition into the workplace. And if they don't, then it's gonna be really more challenging. So um, I think those were some of the challenges. And so like in digital communications and media, for example, in that diploma, a lot of the students find that they don't even start touching their practicum until classes are finished mid-April. And then they continue through to the end of May or even into mid-June, and they get it done then because they don't want it interfering with their studies. And so there's, there's plus and minuses to both of those scenarios. It really depends on uh, the type of student and, and how they feel about how their semester is going. And so it's, it's gonna be different for everyone. And I think, again, that conversation and the, the applauding and encouraging throughout the process has been really a nice driver to help uh, get everybody through this together. Yeah, it really sounds like Discord has provided a way for students to support each other and kind of share their journey and deal with maybe some of that stress and, and a heavy workload. Yeah, for sure. Um, Eric and Spencer, can you talk about some of the challenges, particularly maybe when you, you know, very first started with CTLI? Uh, I think probably my biggest challenge, and it's still kind of an ongoing one, uh, is, of course, the time management, uh, making sure, because like, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you're entering a, a workplace, there's more at stake than just like your grade, people, not, uh, people's livelihoods are on the line, in a way. So making sure that you're balancing your time with making sure you're getting all of the projects done that are assigned to you and everyone's satisfied with those. Um, that was probably the biggest uh, stressor for uh, the first little while at the CTLI. It's, it's been getting better because I'm able to like recognize this is how long it's going to take me for this and that so I can better judge the time. But yeah. And Eric, what about for you? Yeah, um, honestly, <laughs> when I... When I heard about uh, kind of like the internship and, and we had that January to, to, I guess, April range, I looked at that. I'm like, that isn't a lot of time to have four other classes and to fit, fit that um, 120 hours in there as well. But then it was almost like a, a bright light of like, I looked at that reading week. Um, we have that whole week off and I'm like, hey, well, that could be a nice opportunity. And, and everyone was talking about like, uh, relaxing and, uh, you know, taking the time off. And, and I said to Spencer, I said, Hey, so we have reading week. So I think we could do about 12 hour days <laughs> every day would, would probably get this, uh, this, uh, practicum all finished up. And, and it's, we didn't do 12 hour days every day. That's crazy. And we wouldn't be here today if we did that. But, um, honestly, I, the biggest challenge is always that time. And it had to be, it had to be a sacrifice of like, we really want to get employed right away and we know this is the best way to do it. And so we gave up that reading week and we, we were up every single day at 8am working together and collaborating on some projects and 
yeah, so comes back to that time and that balance, like Spencer was saying. That is some real dedication to, you know, look ahead at your reading week and make those decisions to do that. But it's paid off for you because you both gain contracts with CTLI. You're walking out of your education into jobs. So well done. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Chris, I know that one of the projects that Eric and Spencer worked on had to do with VR and AR. Can you talk a little bit about the future of virtual reality and education? Sure. So it was really neat to see that this opportunity came up in CTLI for these two to jump on because uh, it's it's pretty new about a lot of curriculum being developed in this manner. Uh, for example, we have the virtual and augmented reality certificate at the college. Um, I did some work in immersive storytelling for my master's as well as I did some applied research in that area, talking about the value of that uh, to really get empathy and understanding about global issues when you watch uh, a new story in virtual or augmented reality. So um, just looking at that and looking at where things are going with education, I think there's a lot of great opportunities looking forward for where it can apply to a lot of different programs and sectors. Uh, for example, like in the healthcare field, you could be learning how to do a surgery before you even go in the operating room. Or if you are wanting to be a, uh, a police officer and you're looking and you're in the criminal justice program and you, and you look and think about, okay, I'm gonna be interacting with people in a pretty high stakes, high adrenaline situation. Um, there's work that's going on right now at the college that's pretty incredible that creates these scenarios where it's this nice transition again between uh, the college training and actually being out there in the workforce, but to actually work through a scenario in virtual reality and make sure that you say the keywords at certain points in the conversation when the stakes are high. If you can practice that multiple times, there's lots of opportunities that uh, the medium of virtual reality really helps training and repetitive training to get comfortable with the situation before you're thrown in the deep end. So it sounds like we're just scratching the surface of the potential of VR and AR. Oh yeah. <laughs> there, there's some incredible work that's going on again across the entire college in so many different areas, uh, looking at architecture, looking at, um, uh, different health concerns and how you can address that even when you're thinking about PTSD and working through some solutions in the world of psychology. There's so many different ways that you can make virtuality make sense. It's just a matter of getting your head to wrap around that kind of situation and see how that training can apply to your program or, or area of specialty. I had an opportunity last summer to watch a, a video through VR and that was kind of one of my first exposures to it. And I could really see the potential of how it can be used in many different subject areas. Eric and Spencer, I know you both had a very exciting opportunity come your way. Can you talk about that, um, the VR and AR opportunity that you had at CTLI? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess a little bit of background on uh, the company was for. So, um, yeah, so we heard about this opportunity first through Tyler Heaton. Uh, he's an instructor at the Lethbridge College, and he, I guess, passed that opportunity on to Erin Howard. She's the associate dean of the CTLI. And so she kind of sent a message in our team's group and, and said, like, hey, this is a cool opportunity for anyone that knows VR or um, 3D modeling, that kind of thing. And Spencer and I kind of just, we got that pop-up. We looked, we were on a voice call together and we were like, 
we have to do this no matter what like we just need to get on this and be a part of it and um so the the company they're called Dematic. uh they're a supply chain optimization company at least that's the best way i could describe them they they build like massive um storage units and robots and, and that handle just like pallet organization it's just crazy it's a crazy world um but the thing is normally students get this chance to go to these warehouses where they have these massive organization machines but this year with with covid that's that's really is not a possibility because that's that's just not in the cards and so we had a cool opportunity where we would um be building these environments i guess and setting up the animations so that the student could really feel like they're there and i guess i should probably i'll segue to spencer to to chat a bit more about the about how that went for us so yeah no we we had uh other students beforehand had gone through and made these um, machines and animations and whatnot, but they were created at like such a high detail that they weren't feasible for use with like the standard headset and like computer loadout. So we had to go through and like re-optimize everything and make sure um, it's accurate to how like the machines work because like these are being used for um, education within Dematic, if I believe, as well as education at the college. So it has to be accurate. You have to learn what's what's true. So uh, the machine that I worked on the most was a storage buffer that would store uh, like hot and cold foods, essentially. And if you imagine you're in like a grocery store, you've got shelves to the left and right side. Uh, the machine kind of cycles stuff from the hot side to the cold side, brings it up to the front where somebody can manually put these things in totes for um, uh, sending them off to the grocery store. And being able to like kind of peek your head into those machines and like get a, a, a more in-depth look than you would when you're, for instance, like stuck behind a, a chain link fence, fence for safety purposes, you, you can just get like a whole nother level of interactivity to it and like uh, a level of detail for those viewing it that you couldn't necessarily get if you visited there in person so the work you did uh how did that solve a real life problem um so presently uh we're in the covid 19 pandemic so we can't really take groups of students uh to places for field trips and like educate and maintain everybody's safety uh, and on that point as well, uh, there is also the physical presence at these um, these uh, workplaces. So uh, the storage buffer is highly optimized. Mach parts in it move very, very fast. There's like a shuttle that moves back and forth and it's moving at like 80 kilometers an hour. So when you're in VR, you can stick your head in there and look at stuff and see how stuff's moving. But in person, that simply isn't possible that's not not safe in any respect so uh and then as well the uh feasibility of like creating miniatures of these um machines so dematic wouldn't be able to dump like multiple thousands of dollars to create a perfect functioning miniature of the storage buffer for you to get like a bird's eye view and fully understand how it's working but when you have VR, you can take the full-sized machine in front of you and just kind of shrink it down, see it from all angles, and really uh, understand it. 
It sounds like an amazing opportunity. And, and, you know, as you describe it, it sounds, um, you know, it sounds both very, very cool to be working with the VR and the technology, but the important part of it is that you were able to problem solve and create a solution for Domatic that's something that they can implement and use and, and helps teach other people. 100%. I, I think I, I've mentioned it one, like once before, but I, I always tell people like how do two, two dudes from Lethbridge, Alberta end up working for a multi-million dollar company from our computers? I think that is just a crazy reality to think about how um, how far Lethbridge College has kind of helped us to, to go and, and to reach. And I think that's just a really exciting uh, reality, honestly. Yeah, if we didn't have the CTLI there to kind of let us know this is an opportunity that's available, we never would have been able to make contact with Domatic or have a hand in this. Well, and good for both of you for seeing that opportunity and leaping on it when you had the chance. Can you talk a little bit about um, your growth through your experience at CTLI as far as, say, your confidence or just, you know, just that, that growth that you've had? Yes, yeah, so... At the, at the CTLI, like working with, with professionals, um, I'm usually mentored by Kiri Stoles. She's a media specialist there and, and she's kind of like the, the person who takes me under her wing. She's like, it's okay. Like, you know, you're doing great and here's how to do this thing. And um, just seeing, seeing how everyone there works, like there, there are like 10, 10 other Kiris and they're all excellent media specialists and designers and um, I think just putting myself into, into their kind of like their realm, their area there, they have this whole collaboration unit set up. And the first day on my, on my practicum, I come in there, like just a young punk who he's like, oh yeah, I got good grades and all this crap, but I don't have any experience to really show for it. And, and I think that that confidence boost that you're kind of talking about, like, that's hundred percent true. Like I you learn right from day one that the only way you're gonna stick with the crowd is if you if you grow up and you you do the work and and I think that's what that's what a really really big benefit there and that confidence has grown inside me greatly and I and I'm honest I'm pretty proud of what I've accomplished and um, I'm happy to be a part of that team so. Yeah, no, I, I would have to agree that confidence is definitely the main thing that I've I've grown in since starting at the CTLI. Um, we, we've had the opportunity uh, to give critiques to the first year students, um, which is a position that we were in last year, where members of the CTLI would come in, review designs that we are making for a client of sorts, and kind of say, this is working well, this isn't really working well, and kind of give designer insight. So now being part of the CTLI and being able to like make those comments, it, it's giving a lot more... Um, experience for like giving those critiques a lot more confidence as a designer as well as like general communicative confidence uh because i know when i started at the ctli it would take me uh like 15 to 20 minutes sometimes to make sure an email was worded correctly and not like little weird words here and there like how i speak to eric for example but now I, it's it's getting a lot easier to find that like professional voice for both critiques and like um, how's this going emails or things like that. 
Chris, it must feel good as an instructor to hear what Eric and Spencer have to say about their experience. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I know it's, it's great to hear just that it's, it's been such a nice fit for these two and for many of the other students as well in the class. Uh, it's been so exciting to see everybody uh, find their niche, find their passions and kind of uh, celebrate one another again, like I mentioned before. But I, I think it's, it's just so great to see that they've come so far at the beginning of the internship where they said they're just petrified to get in touch with a outside industry partner. Um, to then drafting those first initial emails, Spencer and Eric kind of talked about that, uh, but to get, get that confidence and then just be so ready to take on new initiatives, the fact that they, they volunteered, they actually, um, it was an opportunity as an option for them to get involved in the VR work. And they, they said yes right away. When usually when you're a new employer uh, or employee, you kind of sit in the background and kind of just kind of feel out the room and see like, okay, somebody else is going to do this. Let's just see how it goes for them. But the fact that they just threw themselves in the deep end, that was great uh, because it really shows how if you push yourself in the internship and take risks there where you have mentors and everybody around you is kind of guiding you in these 120 hours where if you fail, no big deal. That's a learning opportunity. And so the more that they push themselves now, I think it's going to translate into a better career for them because they have that idea of where they're comfortable with taking risks and what's their limit and how, how much can they push before they're like, okay, yeah, I, I think I've kind of reached my potential in that one area. Let's, let's try something new. So yeah, it, it's been so fun. And, and again, I, I just feel like a, a bit of a, a cheerleader on the sidelines, just encouraging all these students along just to make sure that they're finding happiness and success in these times um, to get their 120 hours so that they can move on. And it is a nice transition. It's not like a jarring wake up to reality. Once they're done their 120 hours, they're like, well, now what? Um, but I think just given their confidence and seeing that confidence boost over the course of these past three months, for example, it's so nice to see, but also uh, it's translated into jobs for at least, I believe five people in the class will be hired out of their internships. And, and that's phenomenal at a class of 15, 17 students. So um, it, it's just been great to see that the employers have also seen the value in these students that I've seen in other semesters with the students, but it's, it's cool when it actually translates into a, a, an actual job after they're done at the college. Well, it's been wonderful talking with all three of you today. The last part of our podcast, we always ask, uh, what recommendation or what is something that you've really loved learning recently that you would like to share with others? Because we are all involved in education, we tend to be people that naturally love to learn something new. And certainly lots of people have picked up different hobbies through the pandemic. So I would like to find out what you guys have been up to or what you've loved learning recently. And maybe uh, Chris, I'll let you go first. Sure. So uh, it's kind of funny that we're talking about CTLI today and talking about the micro credentials that have been established in the little badges. Uh, I've been living the last year of the pandemic on Strava, uh, an app that kind of captures where you do runs or workouts or or any kind of hiking activities. And it kind of shares it with a, a network. And it's kind of like this social network for people who like to be active. And so I've done my first half marathon and did a couple 10Ks um, and I hate running. So this has been something that uh, 
I, I never thought I'd get into. It has a, a lot to do with my wife. She, uh, she loves running. And so she got me into the sport and, uh, it was cool to see, like, for example, uh, Lululemon hosts a, a, a run around Stanley park, usually around the month of September with the pandemic, everything went virtual. So you could just run 10 kilometers anywhere in the world. Uh, I did a Toronto waterfront half marathon in Lethbridge in October. And then I just recently completed the moonlight run by just running out my backyard. So, um, I've been motivated by just collecting little badges over the course of every month. Hey, congratulations. You did a 5k, you did a 10k, you walked 300,000 steps this month. That's, that's been a lot of fun for me. And I just been, uh, a motivating factor just to do something outside of the office that has really uh, kept my spirits high when a lot of the times there's been a lot of stress. There's been a lot of like challenges with mental health um, and, and just trying to work through all of that in a fun way. And that's been something that I never thought I'd ever enjoy. So that's that's been kind of cool. Well, congratulations. A half marathon. That's a pretty good distance. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. All right. Uh, Eric and Spencer, how about for each of you? I, I think mine will just sound a little sad if uh, Eric goes first, so I'll, I'll hop in. Um, I have been really appreciating seeing big numbers in the weather coming up. Uh, we've spent a lot of time working lately, uh, both on CTLI, both on schoolwork for the last one or two years. So being able to get outside and like go for a skateboard uh, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Cause I've like, my bed is three or four feet behind my workstation. I wake up, I see work, I, uh, have fun. I'm sitting at my desk. So being able to like get uh, outside and like running and biking and longboarding all physical activity, but I have my legs bent all day. So on a skateboard, I can lock my knees, feel the wind rush past me, sun on my face and it, it always, always brings a good end to a day. So just getting out and enjoying that sun and that warmth. Yeah. Yeah. And extending my legs beyond like 90 degrees. <laughs> All right. And Eric, how about for you? Yeah, I guess I have, I guess I have like two, the, the one little short one recently I've been working on um, 3d animation, something I've uh, barely kind of scratched the surface on. Obviously with, with our thematic project, we did have a bit, but this is more like uh, human-based. So I'm working with with arms and bones and fingers and uh, just a bit of a personal project and and uh, learning a whole bunch every day. So, but I guess the exciting one, um, I want to give a little shout out to my beautiful wife to be wife to be um, Laurel Noonan. She's um, she's great, and I'm uh, gonna text her right away after this and tell her that I gave her a shout out. Um, but we're getting married June 27th and um, it's going to be super exciting. Uh, so every day is wedding planning and, um, and being excited about that. And, and another little fun part is that Spencer's actually going to be there as one of my groomsmen. So um, we're both pumped for classes to be over and to sit back and have a couple drinks and enjoy, enjoy uh, one of us being married. So um yeah, we're, we're pretty pumped. Well, congratulations. And uh, thank you. Yeah, you've got a great transition to to another change in your life. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, all three of you for 
joining me today. It's been fantastic to talk to you and hear about all of the exciting things that you've been working on. And, and Spencer and Eric, I've been working with you and that's been a wonderful experience as well. And so I know that uh, I'll be working with you more again in the months to come. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and our guests were Chris Hodgson-Bright, Eric Reger, and Spencer Nelson. Mike Smith was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Thank you also to Daryl Benebeck, Joel Godry, Kelsey Jansen, Jude Bialik, and Tyler Wall for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more information and inspiration, check out learninginnovation.ca. This was our last episode of season one. We've appreciated your listenership and hope we've offered some inspiration in return. We watch our listener stats closely and get excited every time we hit a new download milestone and obsess over every bit of feedback we get. If you'd like to support our little podcast, you can like, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening, and even use the contact page on learninginnovation.ca to send us feedback, requests, or dog pics. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us in the fall of 2021 for the start of season two.